Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to open. All, what did I say? What did I hear? Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Open Altar Worship Center in the beautiful resort city of Virginia Beach, Virginia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just so glad you're taking this time, whether it be live right now on Sunday mornings or maybe you're watching it later on today or throughout the week. We just want to be a blessing to you, the same that you have been a blessing to us. I want everyone in here right now just to give yourself a round of applause. Hallelujah, because you're just saying, Lord, I just thank you for the strength, Lord. I thank you for the determination just to make it out on today. You know, it's been so hot lately. It has been so hot. It's like all I want to do. I don't want to pour my praise out on you. I want to sit on my couch. <laughs> That's what, come on, y'all. But we do. We, you all are just so fantastic. You are so fantastic for listening to God's voice. It's like, well, I do this every Sunday, but you didn't have to do it today. But you did it. You came out on today on a day where it's nice and cool, the sun isn't out, but you did it. You did it. So anyway, we're just so grateful, Pastor Wendy and myself, we're just so grateful to see each and every one of you on today. Amen. All right. Real quick, I just want to say uh, Thursday was an amazing day for Open Altar Worship Center. Absolutely an amazing day. For those of you who are watching, um, what is it, every, every second Thursday of the month, every second Thursday of the month, yeah, okay, you, I'm confused. <laughs> All right, my other half is talking to me, giving me cues, but every second Thursday, you know, we used to have the bus that would show up and you could do your own shopping, but because of um, the lack of drivers and, and other lo uh, logistics, we're not able to do that, but we are able to allow people to come to the building. And, you know, you can have an auto repair shop that's open from 8 o'clock at night until 8 o'clock in the morning because it's like, hey, you know, people are off work and then they'll come get their car fixed. But who's going to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and bring their car to get it worked on? You know, it's not a smart idea. So we changed our pantry time from the morning, you know, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, whatever. We changed it to the evening. All right, Pastor Wendy thought about it and listened to what other churches were doing, and we changed it into the evening, and the response was overwhelming. The response was overwhelming. People just came out because there is still a need. There is still lack in people's lives, and we want to thank God for being in place. Everyone that could make it out and to help to serve and to be a blessing to the community. So remember that every second Thursday and every fourth Saturday we're still doing the mobile pantry where you can just drive up. You don't have to get out of your vehicle, and we will serve you with whatever we have, whatever we're given from our resources, and we just want to bless you. And remember, those times on every fourth Saturday is from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. We, we, we don't mind if you get here early. Just pull up and just wait, and we will serve you. Amen. Amen. So again, we're just so grateful for God being who he is on today. Amen. And that song really ministered to me. You are my strength like no other. When I want to throw in the towel, when I want to give up, when I want to get in the fetal position and cry like a baby, you're my strength like 
no other, like no other. So thank you, praise and worship team, for that wonderful, beautiful song that applies to us. He is our strength. So we want to also remind you, for those of you that would like to give to the ministry, again, we can't do what we do without your help, without your support. It is not about, you know, um, lining our pockets. It's about getting it so that we can give it back out to the community. That's what we're here for. We are here to be a conduit and a vessel for God to use. So again, um, you can go to the website and you can, um, can I get those? Uh, Thank you. You can go to the website and um, uh, download the app. You can give online. You can also do cash app, dollar sign, uh, open altar. There's so many different ways, but we just want you to be a blessing. And to him that gives, it's given back to him. That's just God's word. That is just God's word, and God cannot deny himself. So again, we are so grateful, so grateful for everyone that gives to us. And if you are looking for a prayer request or someone to agree with you in prayer, don't forget, text, text, excuse me, OA Connect, just the word, the lowest letters, OA Connect to 55498, 55498. And you say, you know something? I'm going through a situation, and I need you to pray for me. Okay, we will pray with you. We're not asking you to be a partner here. We want you to be a partner with us. But if you just need a prayer request about a job interview or your housing or your finances or your health, whatever it is, just text that OA Connect to 55498, and we will surely get back with you. We will connect with you, and we will pray with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So having gotten all of that out of the way, let us get into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. You are our strength. You are our love. You are our peace. You are whatever we need, Lord, at the time we need it. Whatever we are missing, Lord, and we're we're missing everything. We are so incomplete unless we turn to you, acknowledging you in all of our ways so that you will direct our paths. Father, on today, we want your word to speak to us and not me speaking to the people, but me speaking to myself as well. As Holy Spirit, you give me the utterance and the ability that once we hear your word, Lord, let it fall on good ground, that it will bring forth a harvest in the due season. And finally, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, that we will be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we're continuing on in our sermon series talking about what? Recharging, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Re- we are recharging. We are recharging. And you know, Pastor Wendy's uh, message last week, she talked about plugging in. She talked about plugging in. And you know, under the best situations, because we live in an imperfect world, and Jesus came when he was born. He was born into and walked upon an imperfect world and dealt with imperfect people. But, you know, in a somewhat, if you can kind of look at it as an oxymoron, 
if that's the right terminology. In the best situations, we would never need to plug in. We would stay plugged in. Right? But we can't be in church all the time. We can't spend all of our time in front of, you know, in front of the TV watching someone else or, or in Bible study. So we have to, you know, you can't leave your phone charged in all day. At some point, you've got to disconnect and go about your business, right? But at the point in time when you look at it and say, oh, wow, I'm down to 40%. I need to plug my phone in or 15%, whatever you let it get down to. But we ourselves, we don't want to get down to 40 and 45% and then maybe 20. And then next thing you know, it's telling you your phone is getting ready to go dead on you. As soon as we have the opportunity, we want to make sure we recharge. Amen? Y'all seem quiet. I I need some help, y'all. I need some help. All right. So today we're going to talk about something unusual. Something unusual. We're going to talk about the gift of pain. The gift of pain. And you're saying pain is a gift? Pain is a gift? Not like 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where it talks about the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing. No, that that type of gift. But for the women in the house right now, I want to give you an example of the gift of pain. For the women, if you can... Reach over and rub the back of your neck for the women. Just reach over and rub the back of your neck. Does it feel nice and smooth? Does it? Does it? Okay. Now, I want you to reach up and I want you to touch your ears. Just rub your ears. Ladies, rub your ears. Do they feel nice and smooth? Amen. All right. Now, for the ladies, the reason why I say that's a gift is because you remember back in the day, your mom used to take that hot curling iron. And when she touched your neck, ooh, you jumped. It was a gift that you jumped. (laughs) When that curling iron got too close to those ears and you leaned your head to one side, (laughs) that was your gift. Pain is not always a bad thing. Pain reminds you that you're in a place that you don't really want to be. That you're feeling something you don't want to feel. So God gave us this gift that says, hold it, something is not right, I need to readjust. I need to reevaluate where I am and what it is that I'm doing. So that's why I mean the gift of pain, because otherwise, some of us would think the gift of pain, well, you know, there's a thing called re-gifting. Somebody gives you something, you're like, oh, I don't really want it, I'll give it to somebody else, just rewrap it, don't tell them that you gave it away. I don't need any more pain. How many of you will agree? I don't need any more pain in my life. In fact, if all the pain that I've suffered up until now is enough for me, Lord, thank you. You are my strength like no other, but I don't need any more pain. But we're going to talk about the gift of pain. Now, Pastor Wendy last week, when she talked about plugging in, she used a passage of scripture coming from Mark chapter 6. And I'll get into that in a moment if it sounds a little bit familiar. But the Lord had already given me, and I'm sitting here listening to her speak, and I'm like, don't say anymore, don't say anymore, you're going to be preaching my message. But I'm going to use the same context coming from Mark, but I'm going to be coming from Matthew. But first of all, let's define what pain is. This is according to the dictionary. 
Number one, it's a physical suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury. You can have a rock in your shoe. All right. And if you walk in your shoes with that rock long enough, it can cause severe pain or injury. You could get a blister. You could get an infection. But pain tells you, no, let me get this rock or whatever it is out of my shoe. To cause or careful effort, um, excuse me, careful effort, great care or trouble. And then finally, cause mental or physical pain too. So what we're really focusing on is, yes, we're going to suffer some physical pain, but we also have to know that there is mental and emotional pains and knowing the gift that comes with that pain. Y'all follow me? All right. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. And I'm using the New King James Version. And it says, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So what does that mean? It means that God will chasten us, chastise us. He will correct us. And we're like, you know, I was doing so good and I was going about my way. But the Lord has said, no, that is not the direction I want you to go in. Therefore, you cannot inherit the blessings that you were looking for because I've got something better. Because it says that it will yield a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. But Lord, I want to go here. And, you know, you couldn't go everywhere you, you wanted to when you were growing up in your parents' house. But then you realize that your parents said the reason why you can't go hang out with with your friends is because you've got homework to do it's only Tuesday but then you realize that weekend your parents were actually taking you to what bush gardens or something else but because we were obedient we did our chores we did the things that our parents told us to do and everybody knows we didn't like no whoopings we how many of you enjoy getting whipped by your parents come on y'all we didn't no we didn't get a talking to we got whooped all right But in the end, it yielded a fruit. So when we're older and we see others, other children doing things they shouldn't be doing, we understand because we have received that fruit of righteousness. Now, pain is like anything else. We go through seasons of pain. And sometimes those seasons last longer than others. The Bible says, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. So if you've got a problem today at 8 p.m., it doesn't mean at tomorrow morning when you wake up, your pain or your problem is gone. How long is my night? How long is my night going to be? Weeping may endure for a night. It doesn't say it's going to endure for a season. It says it may endure for a night. So how long is my night? How long is my season? And as I said before, you know, as hot as it's been right now, and, it, and you hear it all the time, man, I can't wait till the summer. I can't wait till this fall, man. It's too hot out here. It's too hot out here. Well, when the fall shows up, man, I can't wait till it snows. 
And then when the snow is like, look at this snow. Oh, I can't, I can't stand this. It's depressing. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I can't wait till the snow goes away, man. And the spring comes and the birds come out. Then the birds come out and they're pooping all over your car. Whatever season we're in, we always want a different season. Whatever season we're going through, we always want a different season. But when we come out of this season, man, it's so good. And we look back and we're like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for bringing me out of that season. So let's talk about the gift of pain. Everybody say that. The gift of pain. Okay, all together now. The gift of pain. All right. So we're not thinking of it in a sadistic kind of way like, hey, you know, we're cutting ourselves or we're mutilating our bodies. Not that type of gift. But understand that God has given us this sensation or the feeling of touch. And I'm telling you, in this right hand, this middle finger, one time I cut it. Or should I say I actually slammed it in the car door. Let me correct. And I had to get stitches in that finger. And you don't realize it's like, how do we feel things? Most things we, we sense by touches with what? With our hands. So the nerve endings are so, so sensitive in your hands, in your fingers. And I'm telling you, when that doctor stuck that needle in my finger to numb the pain, he had to strap this arm down so I couldn't move it. The thing is, is he didn't strap this arm down. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I balled up my fist and it took everything I had to keep from reaching across and punching the doctor, it hurt that bad. But at least I know my hand was still working. So the gift of pain, point number one. Point number one, it's the pain of separation. Now let's, let's focus because we talked about three different definitions. The second was careful effort, great care or trouble. Like a person goes through great pains to make sure that everything in their house is clean. Great pains to make sure that dinner was prepared right. So pain is not always physical. So Pastor Wendy came from Mark chapter 6. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 and again using the New King James Version. Beginning at verse 21, if you're there, say amen. Paul, you're there. Who else? Amen. All right, we're moving forward. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 21. It says, now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Verse 22, it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now, even came and he was there alone. So we want to talk about the, pe- the pain of separation. Jesus realized everything that he had just done. What was the first verse I read? It said what? That after, they, after those, or excuse me, now those who had eaten were about 5,000 people. Do you know what it would take? To feed 5,000 people? We feed a couple of hundred on the, the fourth Saturday, and we feed a few more on that Thursday. But to feed 5,000 is draining. I can only imagine. 
So Jesus realized this. What does the Bible tell us? He had just fed the 5,000. Verse 22 says, immediately. When is immediate? Right now. The bank calls you and says, we need to tell you about a situation. For some reason, several accounts, including yours, has just received a deposit of $100,000. We need you to come down to the bank to verify your account and your identity because we don't know where the money came from. So you're like, what's today, Sunday? Okay, I'll see you guys around Thursday. No, immediately. You're going to go to the bank and find out, hey, I want this money. But the Bible tells us immediately Jesus did what? He made the disciples. I don't think he put his hands on them. He probably patted them on the back maybe. But he made them do what? Get into the boat. And then he turned around and he, he sent the multitudes away. Hey, look, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. Y'all don't have to go home, but you got to leave here. He sent them away and he made his disciples get into the boat. But what did he do that? Why did he do that? Verse 23 tells us that he went up to the mountain by himself. He went up to the mountain by himself and it says, and now it was evening time. He was there alone. What do you think Jesus was doing? I can tell you what he was doing. He was playing Candy Crush. Because, you know, everybody wants to know what level are we on? What level are you on? Jesus was like, no, 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 no. I got this. Jesus was on the mountain playing Candy Crush. Can I get an Amen. I didn't, y'all are mixed on. No, No, he wasn't. Jesus went on top of the mountain because why? He knew with all of the work he had been doing, he needed to reconnect. He had been separated in a sense from the father. And don't take that, you know, like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus was sinning. and He was away from the father. I mean, the time that, you know, when you're at work and you're doing certain things, we're not really praying. We're like, Lord, thank you. And we're working. So there is a time when we're not definitely and fully connected with God. So Jesus is like, okay, I fed the 5,000. Now I need to reconnect with the Father. But what we do all too often is we realize, especially in ministries like that, and, and and I'm not trying to elevate us above anyone else, but when we have the opportunity to feed the community, we have to say, okay, that was on Saturday. Now on Sunday, we need to do what? coming to the church and we need to recharge but all too often we say you know something i ain't feeding the five thousand and i'm not going to recharge either or we feed the five thousand we're like i'm tired i'm tired no i can't make it i can't make it no jesus fed five thousand and he went up on the mountain by himself to be alone with the father but we find every reason not to recharge. Then it turns around in Matthew, the very next chapter. Matthew chapter 15. Flip the page. Matthew chapter 15, verse 38. I'm not going to ask you if you have it because you already have it. Verse 38 says, chapter 15, verse 38 says, Now those who ate were what? 4,000 men, not including the women and children. He had fed 5,000. Now he turns around and he's feeding the 4,000. And then verse 39 says, he sent the multitude away, got into the boat, and came to the region of Magdala. Jesus had to separate himself and reconnect with the Father. 
When we do those kind of things, when we get ourselves in situations where we minister to people, when we get in our situations where we go to work, we need to come home. We need to, uh, what's the word people use? Um, Decompress. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Give yourself an amen. All right. We need to decompress. You know, you get in your car and you're like, you know something? I just need a minute. I need to decompress. Recharge. You know, my dad, when, he, when we were smaller, dad would come home and he would, he would shoot straight for We didn't know it was a man cave back then. But dad had this little room where he had his music. And it was like, leave dad alone. Dad's decompressing. And Jesus said, I need to go and be by myself because I, I've ministered to these people. And now I need to recharge. We can get separated from God even trying to do good things. You can go out on the street corner and minister. You can be in Walmart and you find yourself just sharing God's word and sharing God's love. But we can be overwhelmed and think, oh, man, I'm on such a high. I'm on such a high. I'm on such a high, but we haven't recharged. And before you know it, the the check engine light is coming on. It's like, I thought I had my car serviced. Yeah, six months ago. But we've got to recharge. We have got to recharge. Number two, let's talk about the pain of destruction. Number two, the pain of destruction. Moving down to verse 24. Now, destruction can come in two different levels. The first one being the mental, emotionally, and spiritual. Anybody ever sense that? Now, I have the word self-destruct because all too often the pain that we experience in life is not because of someone else. It's because of the choices that we make. We can't keep blaming other people for our problems. It's the choices that we make that we get ourselves into that separate us from the Father. And these are what I call the intangible. The other one are physical and or financial. Those are the tangible things that we we can uh, put our hands on, our bodies and our money. And some people are like, hey, you can, you can talk about my wife or you can mess with my wife. You can mess with my kids. You can even kick my dog, but don't touch my money. We funny about our money. So let's, let's, let's look at verse 24. Let's look, look at verse 24. It says, or yeah, yeah, verse 24, chapter 14. Go back, excuse me, we were in 15. Let's go back to 14. It says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. One one, uh, translation says that the disciples were fighting the wind. They were steadily rowing, trying to fight this wind. And it says, now the fourth watch of the night, and the fourth watch is from 3 a.m. until 6 a.m. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me in verse 23, it says, now when evening came, he was there alone. In the evening, he was alone. But here it is at three o'clock in the morning. What do you think Jesus was doing all night? He wasn't sleeping. He probably napped. But he thought it was so important to reconnect the father because he didn't want the pain of separation. 
But in the fourth watch of the night, he went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is thy. Do not be afraid. So three questions for you. At the beginning, where was Jesus? He was on the mountain, right? Where were the disciples? In the storm. All right. What did the disciples think they saw? A ghost. So, number one, where was Jesus? On the mountain. Where were the disciples? In the storm. What did they think they saw? They thought they saw a ghost. Last time, where was Jesus? Where were the disciples? In the storm. What did they think they saw? They thought they saw a ghost. So how is that dealing with the, the, the destruction? It's because, now Jesus, mind you, he sent them away. He made them leave. But how often do we walk away from God? And we end up in a storm, and then we start seeing things differently. We separate ourselves from God. We end up in a mess. It's like, how in the world did I get here? And then before you know it, we're justifying our actions. You know, you don't really have to go to church. You know, it's okay, you know, my boss ain't here, so I don't have to be at work on time. Yeah, I'm going to claim these kids on my taxes because she got enough kids as it is. Well, the job application says, you know, have you ever done this before? I'm going to put yes. Because, you know, man, if you tell the truth, man, they ain't going to hire you. Because we've separated ourselves from God. And we find ourselves in a storm. We start seeing things that aren't even there. They thought they saw a ghost. And Jesus was like, no, it ain't no ghost. Am I making sense to y'all? Am I making sense? If not, just tell me. Okay. But then there's the physical and the financial, the tangible things. We suffer physically when we, sometimes we suffer physically when we pull away from God. When there is that separation and we're not recharging. I remember at a time when, when I, had just, I had just gone back out into the world. And I was like, you know something? I know the things, and I'm just telling you, I know the things that I want to do, and they don't involve church. So I'm not going to be one of these people that goes to the clubs and, and hangs out with these people all through the week. On Friday and Saturday nights, I'm in the club, and then Saturday or Sunday morning, I'm going to church. I said, I'm not doing that. So if I'm going, I'm going all in. And I just walked away from God. I just walked away from God. But you know, one day I got a letter, a card in the mail. I opened it up and it said, Mr. Spader, you have been pre-approved for a credit card. Now, back then, they used to just send you a credit card. You didn't have to call and, and, and apply. They just sent you a credit card. All you had to do was activate it. I had been approved for a credit card. You know what the credit limit was? It wasn't like 500 or 600 or 1,000 like they do now. This was like 1993. I had a credit card and I was approved 
for $12,500. $12,500. I'm telling you, everybody got something. Everybody got something. I even walked in, I mean, I even, literally, I even walked into the airport with a suitcase, walked up to the counter and said, give me a ticket. You know, it's like in the movies. He just was like, hey, can you come down? Yeah, sure, okay, all right. I'll be there in a little while. Because I, I had a credit card with a $12,500 limit. But you know something? It had to get paid. I maxed that credit card out. $12,500. Like, what did you do? It's like, what didn't I do? But that created more pain, more anxiety, and separated me from God so much because I didn't know what to do with it. First of all, I should have just cut it up. I didn't need, even now, if somebody gave me a credit card with that much, it's like, no, I don't need it. I do not need it because you have a lot of friends. Verse 28 says, Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you to the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, mind you, this is the this is the only miracle ever performed by the named disciples. If you look over in Luke chapter 10, it says where he sent the 70 out and they came back and saying, oh, Lord, you know, we cast out demons in your name. But those were not the 12. But, but Peter actually walked on water. Verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. That physical pain, because what pain was about to happen? Peter was about to drown. And we we have to admire Peter because at least he said, Lord, command me to come out to you. We can't condemn Peter because he got scared. Because how many times have we jumped into situations that we were not ready for? Anybody ever do that? You got into a situation, you're like, oh, I'm ready for this. Oh, I'm ready. I'm, oh, yeah, I can do this. And before you know it, it's like, where are my friends? Where's my ambition? Where's my money? Where's that get up and go that I had when I first started this? Maybe this wasn't meant for me to do at all. But he saw the pain of destruction about to come on his life. And there's no destruction for us physically more than that of physical death. Y'all with me? All right. And then my last point is this. What is our comfort for our pain? What is the comfort for our pain? Verse 31, it says, Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And verse 32 And when they, Jesus and Peter, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So uh, 
I'm, I'm like imagining Peter. Peter's like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Save me. I'm about to sink because, you know, these waves are just splashing up in my face and you're wiping, you know, your eyes and everything. And, and like, you know, I'm going to go down. And you imagine he wasn't ready to go swimming. He's wearing probably this long garb and it's getting wet and he's soaking and he's thinking my life is over with. And Jesus reaches out his hand and says, I got you, Peter. I got you. So what do they do? They step up into the boat. Remember, this is the fourth watch between 3 and 6 a.m. So let's just imagine they get up and all of a sudden, oh, the Bible says that the wind ceased. And Peter's like, you know something, Jesus? If you were going to make the wind cease, we could have stayed on the water. Why did I have to get in the boat for the wind to cease? Because God needs to see our willingness to say, you know something, Lord? I will forsake this situation I'm in if it will cause the the storm to cease. We want to stay in the storm. We want to stay in our situation. And it's like, Lord, fix everything else around me, but don't make me move. No, he's like, get out of the water because you're not ready for this. I know you, Peter. I love you, Peter, but you're not ready for this. But Lord, I want to get back on the water. I want to walk just like you did because you walked all the way down that mountain, didn't trip, stumble, or fall, started walking across the sea and into a storm. I want to walk like you. And it's like, but Peter, you're not ready. Lord, but he got good hair. And he got a job. Can't you just fix him and get him saved? Because he looks so good. And God's like, no, give me your hand. Because you're not ready for this. And then you realize all the problems that you were having. All the situations you were going through. Like, how come all of a sudden, you know, I always got heartburn? Why am I always getting these headaches? Because you need to get away from him. And for some people, and, and I can't speak to people's individual situation, sometimes people get in situations and it's like, you know something, this ain't the right job for me. And I'm not telling you to go, go to work. It's like, I heard a message yesterday, told me to quit my job, boss. I'm gone. <laughs> no, you didn't hear that from me. But sometimes, and I get these, even though I have a full-time job, I get these alerts on my phone saying, hey, so-and-so is hiring, so-and-so is hiring. It's like, thank you, but no thank you. Because God didn't tell me to leave this job. It's like, yeah, man, but they're paying this much. But God didn't tell me to leave. I have a peace about where I am. I'm glad to work where I am. I look forward to going to work because it's no stress. But we get ourselves in situations and we think, I can walk on water. I can walk on water. I can handle this. And God's like, no, you're not ready for it. Now, there's another story that we're familiar with. Everybody remember Jonah? What happened to Jonah? Jonah and the fish. Jonah and the fish. And Jonah and all of these sailors are in the boat. And what's happening? They're in a storm. They're in a storm. And Jonah says what? In chapter 1, verse 12. Just like the disciples, they're in a boat and they're in a storm. Jonah chapter 1 verse 12 and it says, And he said to them, 
pick me up. What? He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. Pick me up, throw me in the sea, and then the sea will be calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. And then verse 17, excuse me, it's actually verse 15. It says, so they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from his raging. So somewhat like the disciple, but something different. We are believers in here. And I trust those who are watching are believers. And if you aren't, guess what? Today is your day to believe. But we are not perfect. Have you ever gotten involved in a situation and realized when you say, Lord, help me, show me. God said, you're the problem. You can't fix everything. So guess what? You got to tell them, pick me up and throw me out of, this, out of this boat and into the sea. We got to realize that we can't fix everybody's problems. And I'm saying that too. We can't get, in, like we say, we can't get involved in every conversation. We can't hear what everybody is saying. We can't do what everybody else is doing. But we've got to know, it's like, you know something? I want to help. I really do. But, but I got to get out of this boat. I got to get out of this boat. And then you realize, you realize days, weeks, or months later, it's like, hey, whatever happened to such and such? Oh, well, they made this phone call or they contacted so-and-so and everything just worked out fine. Sometimes we just got to get out of the boat and pray. Get out the boat and pray. Know when we're ready to get to, to walk on the water. Know when we're ready and saying, Lord, I want to be like you. Who is it? The, the two sons of Zebedee, their mother came and said, you know, Lord, I pray that my sons, and I'm paraphrasing, it's like that, that one can sit at your right hand, one at your left. And it's like, can you, are you ready for what I'm going to go through? It's like, yeah, we ready, we ready. And Jesus is like, yeah, you can eat the bread I eat and drink the drink I drink, but where I'm going, you can't go with me. And we got to know our boundaries and know when it's time to get out of the boat or to get into the boat. How many times have, has anybody, I mean, you all have been to the emergency room before, right? Anybody here ever been to the emergency room? I know I have. You go to the emergency room and what? You sitting there, you look at all these people, it's like, ain't nothing wrong with you. You need to get up. <laughs> I'm sicker than you. It's like, what's wrong with you? I just got this pain. It's like this person over here bleeding. This person already got a bandage on their head. And you're like, oh, I just got this pain. I need to, oh, I need to see a doctor quit. Oh, my ankle hurts. I twisted it. Oh, oh, it hurts. Oh, 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 don't, don't even look at it. It hurts. And so we sit in the emergency room for three hours. And then they finally get you back there. They x-ray you. And they're like, well, it's, it's got a slight sprain to it, but it's not broken. Okay, some ice and a few days of rest and you'll be fine. And so they wrap it up and they give you some aspirin. And then what do you say? I waited three hours for this. I waited three hours 
for, for a wrap and some aspirin? I could have stayed home and did this. All you want to do is wrap it? Put a cast on it and make it believable. But you know, we get ourselves in situations that we don't have to be in. And I'm not saying that you out there doing the worst of the worst, but I'm saying we get ourselves in situations and then we find ourselves just waiting. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And then we finally say, God, how do I fix this? Or how do you fix it? Lord, what do I need to do to make this right? And God says, well, just do this. You mean to tell me I went through all of that and all I had to do was ask you? It's like, yeah. If you would have just asked me in the beginning, I would have told you. You didn't have to go through all of that. But since you did, you had the experience to help somebody else. To tell them, don't wait. Y'all understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the gift of pain. Pain teaches us when it's time to pull away. Pain teaches us when it's time to get out of a situation. Pain te- teaches you, don't lean. I was joking with, um, uh, anyway, my sister the other day. I said, hey, we're going to play a game. We're going to stick our hand inside the freezer against the wall and see how long it stays there. See who can hold their hand on the freezer the longest. <laughs> But the thing is, pain will tell you you can't leave your hand on the side of the freezer for so long. Pain will tell you not to put your hand on the burner on the stove. Pain will tell you you've cut your fingernails too close to the skin. Pain is a gift, but we have to know, you know, some, but I don't have to go through all of this. Sometimes I don't have to go through this pain. But because of the decisions we make, we suffer. Amen. But lay, and I say this for myself first, lay, he who is without sin among us cast the first stone. I'm not casting stone on anybody. Because I've got enough pain in my life. I've created enough pain. And I can't blame other people. I have to look at myself. So we talked about the pain of separation. We talked the pain of destruction. But there is a comfort for our pain. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I I couldn't just keep talking about all the bad things, but to leave you with something. This Jesus, he is the comfort for our pain. And remember, like Pastor Wendy said, we got to plug in. We got to plug in. It's like, don't wait till your battery gets down to, like I said, 30%. As soon as you can, you plug yourself back in. You plug yourself back in. Don't wait from Sunday to Sunday to recharge. You plug yourself in on Monday. You plug yourself in on Tuesday. Keep yourself charged. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus that everyone who has watched this message has received something from this message that will help change your life. Not that everything is going to go away. Not that every problem is going to be solved that tomorrow morning You know, you got that raised or that person you don't like on your job quit and went somewhere else. No. Life isn't just like that. But whatever we do, whatever we're going through, we've got to learn how to reconnect and recharge. We've got to reconnect and recharge. But if we don't know Jesus... We can't connect with Jesus. John 9, 31 says, Do you not know 
that God only hears, that God doesn't hear the prayers of sinners? How many people you hear, they say that oftentimes like, oh, I talk to God all the time, but you can tell by their lifestyle, they probably are not believers. The prayer that God hears from the sinners are those who say, Lord, I give up and I come to you. If they say they pray, I'm not going to tell them God ain't here. You you keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing unless the Lord leads me otherwise. But for those of you that want to know Jesus, for those of you who need comfort from this gift of pain, we want to give you the opportunity right now to accept the Lord into your life and watch him comfort you and give you a peace that surpasses all your understanding. I couldn't, I knew a man um, who had been in the Vietnam War who never really slept. And his wife said that, The day he gave his life to Christ, he came home from church and slept like he never slept before. And God will give you that peace over your finances, over your health, over your family. It may not change your situation, but it gives you a different perspective. So we're going to pray right now and just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for your love for me. That you suffered that I wouldn't have to. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your precious name, amen. So we pray that in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you right now, let God comfort you. Stop trying to carry your burdens on your own. It's nothing wrong with telling your friends and your families about your problems. But in the end, they can't help you. Not long term. Take everything as we used to sing. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And let him be the first one you talk to. Let him be the first one. So thank you everyone for joining us today for this message. We thank you for tuning in to Open Altar Worship Center. We look to hear from you either by OA Connect uh, we, we thank you in advance for whatever gifts and offerings that you would send to this ministry to help to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So until then, I'm Pastor Robert, along with my beautiful bride, Pastor Wendy. We love you and we look, and on behalf of all the Open Altar family, we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Amen. We love you. Thank you all so much.